G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and joining me is the wonderful Regold. Hey, Re. Hey, Miss Stace. How's it going over there in Australia, my friend? Oh, it's perfection. It's starting to heat up. It's only summertime and Christmas holidays are upon us which is our summer, so I get some time off. We're heading towards recital, <laughs> which is crazy for you guys to hear, I know. But um, I hope that I everybody... I was just going to say, you're messing with people's heads here. <laughs> sorry, Literally not sorry. here. <laughs> but when I'm at home and, and, you know, right in the thick of my season, I see photos of you guys all at the lake and at the beach and hanging out. So I just have to throw back a little bit of your own medicine. <laughs> just... Just for this one time. But no, all is well here in Australia. Enjoy your summer. The one thing that I have always thought about that was seeing reindeer and Christmas stuff and it being like, how hot would I be in at Christmas for you? Oh, like between 80 and 90? And we can't wear Christmas sweaters, but I tell you what you do get as gifts for people instead of Christmas sweaters, you get... Um, those rash shirts that you wear at the beach, the like sun protection long rash shirts, but with a Christmas sweater print on them. I love it. <laughs> my 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 handsome husband has several of those. I'll get you a photo, Ray. <laughs> I'd love that. Okay, we're off track. We but are. Let's go. Surprising, isn't it? <laughs> Today's yes. episode is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference heading back to Connecticut in 2024. You do not want to miss it. Uh, Ray, you've been talking about this year's conference being looking to the future. Are you excited about all of the brand new things that you're bringing to the concert, uh, to the concert, to the conference? <laughs> I sing at it so we can do a concert co- <laughs> conference. That was hard to say. Um, yeah. I'm looking to the future is how uh, I'm thinking about this conference and accepting for those of us who've been in business for a while or been in the profession for a while, the evolution and and rolling with all of the new possibilities for growth in our businesses and also as educators. And when I say looking to the future, when it comes to educators, it's about the Working with the children of today, you may have started 20 years ago and you had a whole different vibe going on in your classroom with kids at that time. It's not like there's something wrong now. What it is, is what are they thinking? What are they feeling? How do we reach in? and work with this new generation and pass our passion on to them. So everything about it is we're looking to the future in all aspects. 
I love it. Join us next July at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut for the 2024 Dance Life Teacher Conference. And if you are going to attend with some of your teachers, why don't you bring some students along just before that and attend Seoul as well. That's going to be a good time too. You can find out more at regold.com. Well, speaking of evolution, Re, and speaking of those dance teachers who have been doing this for a while, who've been in this profession for a long time, and I feel like that, you know, heading towards the end of my season, I'm feeling like this feels like I've been doing this forever. And with the, you know, with the longevity in this career, there are so many challenges that, that you come up against, but there's also elements of the job that you're really good at now, that you've been doing for so long, that you're like, I've got this. But the times are different. Times have changed and kids have changed. I find parents have changed a lot and being a parent now myself has changed the way that I run my business. But I think there are still some people out there, Ree, who are a little bit afraid of that change and a little bit afraid of that, just like you were talking about, that that evolution and and kind of a bit stuck in their ways when it comes to the running of their studio. I have so much to say on that, but I'll start with this. Because I think I witnessed this in my mother. So we're talking about 80s, early 90s. There was an evolution. I think what's happening now, dance and dance education is happening faster than ever before. But there was an evolution happening at that time that was different Mm. from where my mother started. And my mother was one of those people who would say, I've been doing that for 30 years that way, and it works for me. But as a younger person, I would look and almost feel a frustration because I could see possibilities. Mm. And I look at where we are right now, and let's say this here's parts of what i'll consider the evolution the programs and curriculum offerings that we can include within our studios the diversity in what we can offer within our studios anything from good old dance classes that last nine months to six weeks special courses mm-hmm. to Friday night slumber parties to, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I I feel like you as a studio owner, and we could talk about it in the education field as well. Actually, some of the things that I just said relate to the education field as far as curriculum goes. I feel like, um, you can't be one of those people who was like my mom 30 years ago <laughs> because you'll get left behind. That's exactly what I was about to say. You'll get left behind. It's it's like I don't want to be rude or like say that the ways of the previous generations are wrong. I, I What I believe is that we can still hang on to the ethical, moral standards that we began all this with, but evolve and bring that with us into this new world of possibilities. Yeah. We're not saying we have to lose a 
plie or a tondu or a, a batmon, it's it's really about the way in which we teach that traditional work that's changed. The plie is always going to be a plie, but the way that we teach it now is so like the way my teachers teach the kids that we have in in our studio is so different to the way that we were taught. And there were there there'll be people, maybe people listening to the podcast who will say, but that is the way I learned. Mm. Yes, you learned at a particular time. Your mom probably got in the car and asked you what you learned today. You probably were told to practice at home. You're not dealing with those kind of children today. So you're expecting them to be, or your expectations are that somehow you're going to create them into what you were. Mm. I say, bring it, what you were, into the new world, then execute it the new world way. Yes. Because even within in my field right now, I can work with young teachers by just staying on top of what's going on in their worlds. Yeah. And I think as teachers and studio owners, that's kind of our responsibility. Mm. That relationship building is so much more important in this day and age with this clientele with, you know, I I, I look at my team and I see them hanging out on the weekends and, you know, they come into work early so that they can all hang out together before they teach and they've got this really beautiful sense of camaraderie. I can't remember the teachers in my studio growing up doing any of that. Like they would like walk in, hello, go into their studio, shut the door and that would be it and they'd please goodbye at the end of the night and go. And not that there was anything wrong with that, there just wasn't – that level of community building and, and relationship. And I feel the same about our relationship with our students. Yes. And, and know that nobody was doing anything wrong then. No. What it is, is the possibilities people started to realize that we could hear this, especially our listeners that we could take our businesses seriously and believe that we deserve success. So therefore, we're moving into this new realm of what dance education is. To better ourselves, be more knowledgeable, and to, you know, uh, trying to think of how he said it. Pete Moore said this to me the other day and it really stuck with me because I was complaining because people weren't signing up for a business session, but everybody was signing up for the movement session and he stops me. And he's a guy who does business sessions and he goes, Reed, you have to give the people what they're willing to write a check for. Mm -hmm. That stuck with me. Yeah. So in the old days, we would allow ourselves to be broke. We would allow ourselves to say we're doing this for the good of the kids and we're this and that. And that was good. 
That was nice of us. But I don't think it's that way in 2023. It must be your career. It must be your uh, always wanting to gain more knowledge Mm. as you progress, either as a teacher or as a business owner. I think parents in in a different time were happy to write a check for a childminding service or just for a fun activity in the afternoon, whereas there's so many parents that I have at my studios who, who are writing a check for excellence <laughs> and they're writing that check because they want a certain standard. They want their child to be, you know, to be able to do certain steps at certain times and progress in a certain way and and Pete's right in in saying that people will write a check for whatever they they believe they need, believe they want, um, and so you've got to you've got to give that to them. And we feel that pressure um, to have to do that in our studio. But I know that there's some there's some teachers out there who are still teaching in the way that they were taught and hoping for the best. And not necessarily growing in the way that can give them the opportunity to build a career and to and to earn money and to not be broken, all of those things. But they just, I think, are a bit afraid to step out of what they, what they knew or Ooh. what they've always done. Okay, this is a good discussion. If I'm a, I'll I'll break this into two. If I'm a a, a teacher. And I'm going to break that down a little bit more and say I'm a preschool teacher. I've been teaching 30 years. I could say I know what works. Mm -hmm. But the studio up the street is explaining what each movement that they do means to the child, how it will enhance the child's life, their cognitive skills, their creative skills. And if we are still teaching our preschool classes like we did 30 years ago, it may work. But eventually, we're not going to have the clientele that the other people have who can explain the how and why, because parents trusted teachers before. Mm -hmm. Now you should be able to explain in every case why you do what you do, even if you don't like explaining it. Yeah. So I believe that I, as a teacher, I have to continually educate myself. And I want to say this to that preschool teacher, or it could be the jazz teacher, it could be any teacher. I'm not saying you go out there and you adopt someone's curriculum or you change everything and you only teach what somebody's telling you to teach. I'm saying expose yourself to five different ways and go home 
and create something that makes what you do for the past 30 years better because Mm -hmm. of the knowledge you gained from these five other people. Yeah. Make sense? Absolutely. That that continuous learning, that continuous growing and changing and keeping up with the times is, is not only good for your students, it's good for you too. It's good, you know, I, that when you say there's a 30, a teacher that's been teaching for 30 years, the same baby's class, that almost gives me hives just to listen to. Imagine if you were just teaching the same class for 30 years, I can't teach the same class for the whole year. Like I'm coming to the end of my season now and I'm already like, really, I've got to do that again. And I'm looking forward to next year's schedule because I get to teach different things. So it is good to evolve and it is good to learn new things and to try new methods and to, to bring new, like I see, I see babies classes now with the props and the, um, the room decorated and the coloring in that goes home. And, you know, there's just so much creative scope to make our job so interesting. I, I I would really struggle if I was teaching the same thing 30 years later. What I, I want to say that you and I just made ourselves old. I'm going to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we called them babies. My mother called them the babies. But you know that in 2023, it's early childhood and preschool. Guilty. <laughs> so call yeah, me guilty. Old. <laughs> guilty. But if I were doing a conference, I'd say early childhood is Of course. If I would, yeah. But having, yeah, you get the point. I right? do. Like, I do. It's hard to let go. Like it is yeah. the baby. My mother <laughs> used to go teach the babies. Yep. And you, you were a baby till you were what, five, six, maybe? Yeah. In my school, you're a baby till you join Combo. But that's like colloquial. We, that's how we say it amongst ourselves. That's not how it's advertised. Right. <laughs> you, that was a point, though. That yeah. Good... Yeah. Totally so, guilty. Uh, I want to say that uh, I think you said the word earlier in our talk, but fear. Mm. And getting over the fear, whether that's getting over the fear of actually going and taking a class or getting over the fear of going to a conference and learning some new things about business, get over the fear and just do it and hide in the back if you want to. It will grow on you that you'll probably say to yourself, and please don't think I'm trying to sell you a conference. This goes for any continuing education. It will grow on you. You'll you'll head out of that experience feeling good because you were your brain was nurtured. Yeah, and you'll get more confidence. Don't let the fear of what someone might think about you if you take a class or if you ask a question because you're in a seminar, don't let that stop you. There's too much out there. Everybody 
is looking to be better at this point. Yeah. And everybody was where you are if you're one of those people who have a fear of moving on at one point in their lives. Absolutely. And, and truthfully, Ree, my professional development, as much as I now go to everything and anything, um, and my husband teases me about that because <laughs> if there's an event on, there's a live event, I'm there. But my professional development started with um, reading your book, Ree. I got your book the first year that I started my studio and I made a point of every summer reading it again. And I didn't have to get out of my comfort zone in terms of being in a ballroom with lots of other people at that at that particular point but that was how I started and so I would be in the comfort of my own home I would read that I would go okay that's it this is a refresh I would um, paraphrase parts of it and and talk that to my team when we had like our team startup meeting before the um, beginning of the season and from that that led me to be able to to sign up and come to the conference like that was the, the jumping off point. And so for people that are perhaps afraid of that group learning situation, even just listening to podcasts or, you know, reading a book or being immersed in that information and trying some stuff out, it's one thing to learn it, but then the actual doing of it is where you see the difference. Just starting small can also be really helpful. I want to add to this conversation, though, this has felt very robust today. Lots of things we could talk about in this area. But for the business owners listening, if you have a fear of social media, or if you're one of those people that say, oh, I got enough to do with Facebook, I'm not getting on Instagram, or I'm not getting on I'm going to say TikTok, but that's questionable. So is anything you're getting my point? Um, you got to find somebody to do that for you. Yeah. Even if you can't do it. Absolutely. There is someone around you who can do it. And it's like as important in, in business growth as you sending out your brochure used to be. Yep. Putting the ad in the paper. <laughs> the phone book. You know when I first the phone started book. people. Okay, <laughs> let's reminisce about the way it was. When I first started teaching people and working in business seminars, we actually had a PowerPoint presentation on what a good phone book ad looked like. I bet that was some stellar content, so, right? <laughs> You get the evolution. Now we're saying, what's a good story? What's a good yeah. TikTok? It's who could have ever imagined. that. That's the point of this whole conversation. Yeah. If you're saying, well, I, my old ways work, think to yourself, did you have a phone book ad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if you had a phone book ad, I ask you if you would have one today. Yeah. I get memes on my Instagram, Ray, that say, if you if you liked, you know, new kids on the block, it's time for some eye cream. <laughs> if you had a, 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 a phone book ad for your dance studio, it's time to get on Instagram. <laughs> 
listen, I want to say this. I remember walking through neighborhood. I had a studio, small studio. It was in a low-income housing area. I would walk the area with tape and tape the brochure to every door. Wow. And it would be, I did it annually for about four years. Yeah. And that was how I got my students back then. Dedication. Oh, we're not, yeah. We're not doing that today. No one's doing that today. No. No. So if that's what you're doing and you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Might feel like we're picking on you. We're not. No, <laughs> we're, we're not. I guess I, I feel bad. This is the first podcast where we make people feel bad about themselves. <laughs> that no, was we, not we want to intent. Im- that's right. We want to empower you to be able to step into the future. This is what I'll say is I'm 62. I didn't want to say it, but I, I had to. And it's all happening really fast. And I've just decided to go with it. Yeah. And know if you're in my range or, you know, getting there, all you have to do is go on YouTube. There is a video that will show you exactly what it is you don't know. And you can impress your team. I've done this a couple of times where I come into the morning meeting and I say, here's something I want to do. And it's something nobody thought of. And then I explain how to do it. And they think I'm a genius. In reality, I went on YouTube. I love that. (laughs) Okay. And if you don't go on YouTube and learn to do it, you just listen to a really annoying Australian who pesters you for years about getting a podcast and moving to the future. There you go. She just got me. I I didn't know if I was a podcast kind of guy, you guys, when you're listening to this. And here we are. <laughs> Thank you I so much it. for listening to Regold's Dance Life podcast. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it exists. Today's episode was brought to you by the conference in 2024 in Connecticut, the Dance Life Teacher Conference. You can book your tickets right now. Get your spot at regold.com. Thank you all for being with us. No fears and enjoy the journey, my friends. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 